0: Welcome to the Age of Organizational Effectiveness. This is the podcast that explores stories about organizations and their performance. I'm your host, Charles Chandler. This week, we're at episode number 74, and we're titling it, uh, Being Intentional About Being Virtuous. It actually follows uh, rather closely with Chapter 5 in my book, Uh, Become Truly Great. And as I was writing the book, um, the working title changed frequently, in the beginning, it was largely about how organizations can become effective, since that was the initial problem that I wanted to solve. Although I was aware of it at the, at the start, it took a while to internalize the fact that bad actors can be effective, and that I need to address the problem in the book. There have been examples of organizations in the past that have appeared to be effective for a time, but eventually came to grief because of rot within. It seems that organizations are often unprepared to hold internal agents accountable for a common set of positive values until it's too late. To be virtuous, organizations need to be intentional about it. That's why Be Virtuous, the title of Chapter 5, actually represents Phase 1 of Management by Positive Organizational Effectiveness. Examples are numerous of organizations that have strayed to the dark side by embodying negative values in various forms, including Enron, WorldCom, Volkswagen, the World Football Federation, Toshiba, and Bernard Madoff Investment Securities, LLC. Several organizations have appeared to be paragons of performance, riding high before scandal, and whose names seem to be synonymous with some sort of greatness, But these same organizations were brought low by one or more people within the organization that behaved in non-virtuous ways. In the case of Enron, management used off-balance sheet accounting tricks and complicated financial instruments that intentionally hid the truth from investors. Eventually, it was found that the real value of the company was considerably lower than the stated book value, causing a precipitous loss in the stock price. And bankruptcy in 2001. In 2015, Volkswagen was trying to take over leadership in the auto industry and was selling a lot of diesel vehicles worldwide. At the height of this apparent success, despite the self serving goal, a scandal emerged by chance. A small lab at the University of West Virginia started testing diesel engine emissions on the road to understand how VW diesels were able to achieve their high mileage ratings. The new tests were conducted on the open road, as opposed to the test bed where the vehicles had been certified in conformance with standards. It turned out that because of a deceptive software within the engine monitoring system, VW diesels were producing emissions on the road that far exceeded standards in the USA. The lab's findings created a major scandal at VW, and a great brand was significantly tarnished. In another example, Bernard Madoff was a well-known securities industry person and was believed to be an upstanding leader as the former chairman of the NASDAQ Stock Exchange. Eventually it was discovered, however, that his investment firm was simply a Ponzi scheme and that over $50 worth of hidden fraud had gone undetected. If we choose to expand our search to the shadowy and violent side of organizational performance, we could find somewhat effective but negative examples among drug cartels and even terrorist organizations like ISIL or al-Qaeda. Organizations such as these are likely to have relatively short and precarious trajectories as state actors in the environment are mobilized and coordinated in efforts to eliminate them. Virtuousness should be considered as a prerequisite for greatness. Greatness. Virtuousness in organizations is about instilling positive values and being sure that those values consistently result in positive behaviors within the organization. An organization needs to live its values and love its purpose. While values may change over time, they express beliefs and attitudes that permeate the organization and help shape its culture. Values can also include attributes that the organization wants to maintain at a high level of reliability and resilience. Traditional business values have included things like efficiency, profitability, and management control, but these need to be balanced against higher values and virtues to help the organization aspire to greatness and connect its values to the common good. Here we see a need for management to lead the way. It's often the leader of the organization that embodies the values and acts as an example to others on how to live those values within the organization. As an example of positive values, together with organizational virtuousness, would be the U.S. Marine Corps for the way it instills values within its members. A useful parallel on how to instill virtuousness in organizations is illustrated by the methods used in high-reliability organizations such as aircraft carriers, nuclear power stations, air traffic control, and forest firefighting. These situations are dangerous and prone to error, and errors that are experienced can be devastating and costly. High-reliability organizations are quite sensitive too and preoccupied with failure. They have identified the main modes of failure and have implemented safeguards and checks to be sure that they do not occur. Such organizations contain a high degree of expertise and work hard to keep their operations stable and fail-safe. Using a similar approach, positive virtues and attributes can be intentionally instilled in an organization to amplify performance and to protect it from specific failure modes. A good example of organizational virtuousness was the cleanup work conducted at the Rocky Flats nuclear waste site in Colorado, where there has been a long history of nuclear weapons production. When an estimate was done of how much it would cost and how long it would take to clean up Rocky Flats, the estimate was for 70 years and $36 billion. That's with a B. What makes this an amazing story, however, is that the work was completed 60 years early while saving almost $30 billion in taxpayer funds due to the positive values and outstanding work of the cleanup contractor, Kaiser Hill. The remediated nuclear waste site is now part of a wildlife refuge. In management by positive organizational effectiveness, it is important to start from the position of virtuousness in an organization then discover effectiveness to become great. We've talked about this earlier in our podcast series. It's the value and virtues which are inculcated in the personnel carrying out the processes that set the organization up properly to eventually become truly great. If the intention is to become truly great, it would be difficult to argue that an organization should not clothe itself with virtuousness before starting the journey. The founder of Patagonia, Yvonne Chenard, noted in a recent interview that the values his company began with were critical in charting the course of later success. Google, in its original outline of mission and vision, talked about don't be evil. Alphabet, which is the successor to Google, now calls for doing the right thing, but Google still mentions don't be evil within its admonitions to employees. It is the adherence to positive values and virtues that amplifies performance and protects the organization from falling into a ditch along the path to greatness. To be more intentional about its values, an organization needs to take the viewpoint of an outside observer and make an honest assessment of what values are expressed within its processes and culture. But let's take a moment to look at the issue of virtuousness from a practical perspective. It's all well and good to have virtuous values, but what good are they? Can an organization take its values to the bank? Well, yes, it can. Let me explain. There are three important reasons that an organization needs to be intentional about its values, virtues, and attributes. The first reason is because they amplify the demand-side responses to the organization. We all want to interact with virtuous organizations. Virtuousness, if it is fully enacted and can be relied upon by customers as part of an organization's DNA can be a competitive advantage. It comes into play when we talk about effectiveness. For instance, effectiveness is about converting the supply-side intentions of an organization into the demand-side behaviors of uptake, adoption, or use. When demand-side actors can believe in the virtuous attributes of the organization, that knowledge becomes compelling in terms of a narrative to attract engagement thus amplifying the benefits that are exchanged between the organization and its customers. Let me give an example. I was recently in a McDonald's restaurant, and I was given a brochure that outlined the new food philosophy of McDonald's. It was called, The Simpler the Better. We've heard you, it said. As a restaurant, we're proud to say we've made some changes for you, our customers. Because where would we be if it weren't for everyone who walks through the doors daily? The brochure provided a list of things that had been changed. For example, it noted that McDonald's espresso beans are now sustainably sourced from the Rainforest Alliance certified suppliers. On chicken, we serve chicken that has not been treated with antibiotics important to human medicine. On fish, We only use wild-caught Alaskan pollock from sustainable fisheries in our filet fish And we've never stopped being inspired by sustainable practices like these to embrace new ones. The basic point I want to make is that McDonald's has expressed some updated values in the handout. It's an attempt to change the narrative that runs in our heads as we decide where we want to eat. If I'm a member of the millennial generation, I might believe in sustainable practices for my coffee and not in antibiotics for my chicken. I'm not going to pull into the parking lot of McDonald's if I know that the restaurant doesn't care about these things. So an organization's values are acted out in the specific attributes that are attached to its offerings. These attributes become either attractors or detractors in efforts to engage customers and help them to quickly decide whether they want to accept the products and services being offered. If the attributes that are being offered are not those that I prefer, then I'm likely to go elsewhere. So, when an organization includes values in its narrative, it is taking them to the bank, because the portion of the subsequent transactions wouldn't occur unless the values were present, they were expressed, and they were guaranteed. Values expressed as attributes in products become go-or-no-go decisions for the customer. If you have products with the preferred attributes, then they're going to buy from you. And you can take that to the bank. In short, express values become amplifiers that help attract consumers to your products. The second reason to be intentional about values is because of the diversified workforce that is becoming common in many organizations as more people with diverse backgrounds enter the workforce. Today's workers are different in several respects from earlier generations. More women, minorities, people from different national origins, diverse backgrounds, and young and older workers mixed together. In any organization, but especially within this melting pot, it is unknown what values may be dominant. If left unattended, we can expect a culture to emerge from the bottom through the interaction of individuals over time as it would in any complex adaptive system. It is important that the organization itself be intentional about what values it wants in the workplace, however, by identifying those values, incorporating and guaranteeing them in its processes, and self-monitoring them over time. These should include positive values, such as openness, honesty, decency, doing what's right for the customer, and other values that may be important depending upon the individual situation within each organization. The third reason to be intentional about values is because positive values are protective. Values embedded within processes and culture can protect an organization from problems along its journey. For instance, Wells Fargo was recently in the news because some 5,000 employees created bogus credit cards for customers without their permission. And they were reaping some incentive rewards internally. Would that have occurred if the internal pressures had been different? What about the culture? Could it have been protective but was not? And what about Fox News? CEO Roger Ailes of Fox made his own news in 2016 when a sexual harassment suit was brought against him. Fox paid a single $20 million settlement with Gretchen Carlson and perhaps others that came forward to accuse Ailes. Fox's values are suspect because of what has gone on there, including grotesque abuses of power, a culture of misogyny, and one of corruption and surveillance, smear campaigns, and hush money. What if other values, more positive values, had been in place? Would they have been protective? And what of the culture that has supported a corrosive environment for the last 20 years, with implications far beyond the man at the top. Based on available reports, Mr. Ailes appeared to be very intentional about the values in place at Fox News. Unfortunately, there were negative values. So this chapter has explained the reason for the positive emphasis in management by positive organizational effectiveness and why Be Virtuous is Phase 1 of Management by Positive Organizational Effectiveness. It has also provided a few ideas about how positive values can be of great benefit to an organization or negative values can create great harm. Positive values can serve to amplify benefit exchanges with the environment, orient a diversified workforce to what the organization considers important, and serve as a protective shield against scandal over time. They can become differentiators that define and distinguish your brand. Once in place, be sure to inform your customers what values and attributes you bring to your offerings and why you consider them to be important. This is what McDonald's was attempting with their brochure. So we're going to leave it there for today. Join us again next week as we explore stories about organizations and their performance. In the meantime, you can access all of our podcast episodes at our website, ageofoe.com. And just to remind you that the book I'm referring to Become Truly Great, Serve the Common Good Through Management by Positive Organizational Effectiveness is available on Amazon. The The Kindle version is 9 So go out there, take a look, uh, download it, and you can ex- examine all the issues in the book that you've been hearing about on the podcast. So until next time, so long for now.